I got my vintage shirt on here. I got an Atari shirt here. Anybody want some Atari shirt right here? Come on, man, right there. Come on, I'm going to give you a little love right here. Let me see if I can see you down there. How about that right there? And then any Minecraft lovers, this is one of those new games right there. Oh, right here down front. Perfect. And then I got one more. This is probably the classic of all classics. How about a little Super Mario? Come on, right there. All right, I'm going to see if I can get a little... Oh, throw my arm out there. Hey, listen, we are so thankful that you're here. We're so excited about the fact that Christmas is right around the corner. So don't forget, mark your calendars two times for Christmas Eve services, the 2 o'clock and a 4 o'clock. Now, we have breaking news. This just in, the Dallas Cowboys kick off at 3 o'clock, okay? So I'm praying about that right now. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I do know this is we might be putting it on the big screen in the midst of No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It will definitely be on the back screen, back in the back. We'll be watching that as well. But seriously, we would love for you to come and join us and be a part of it. It is always special. We're even doing a crowd game. So we've had people on the stage, but we're doing a crowd video game. We love when people show up and get ready to have a good time. So come in and get ready for a great, great time. And obviously, we're going to take communion together. Uh, we have some of your Christmas favorites. It's just going to be a great family time. So mark your calendar. We'd love to see you. It will be our last service of the year, as you already heard if you saw the pre-show. We will be joining you back on January 8th. We take off for our families. It's the one time a year we take off and pause like we talked about last week in the message. So we're thankful that we get to do that. And hopefully, prayerfully, you will join us on Christmas Eve and then we'll see you back on January 8th. Can I get an amen out there somewhere on that? Come on, y'all. Let me know. Come on. Perfect. Sound like four of you. The rest of you, I'll see you whenever you make it. Here is what we're doing as we wrap up this series. Let me ask you the question from last week. I'll bring it back up again. Did you press the pause button last week? Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can watch the message on YouTube. But we've been having a little fun with video games. And last week, I challenged you with the idea at this busy time of the year to maybe, just maybe, you should press the pause button, slow down, relax, and enjoy the moment as opposed to the chaos of Christmas and rushing through and missing everything. So if you didn't see it, go back and watch it. And I confessed last week that I struggle in this particular area. I am busy. I'm always busy running around, whether it's chaplain duties or church duties or family duties. We have these things. We're just trying to get everything done. And I'm not great at pressing the pause button. Well, right after the message last week, I was running out the back door. Angie's been battling some sickness and stuff, so I was trying to get home to see her quickly. And in the process of leaving here to get ready to go do all that I needed to do, my car broke down and forced me to pause. Does anybody know what that feels like? Literally, on North Market, transmission breaks, and it just stops in the midst of the road. I'm like, okay, Lord, I get it. Sometimes... You just are forced to pause. And as I was telling the story, you know, and reflecting on the fact that many of us don't pause until we have to, if we don't rest, then the Lord sometimes forces us to rest, and then you won't go into gear either, and then you'll be missing different things. Uh, when I tell you that that is the truth, I will prove it. After the first service, I'm getting ready to walk out, and everybody's laughing and having a good time, visiting. This one guy stops me. He goes, hey, man, I got to tell you. You know what you said at the beginning of that service? I'm like, yeah. He goes, uh, I had a heart attack last week. 
And I'm like, why are you standing here? And he was like, man, by a miracle of all miracles, they brought me back. They took care of me. He actually had a, um, a defibrillator inserted in his that actually jump-started his heart. And he was like, I'm just telling you, when you need to slow down, don't make your body stop you. You know what I'm saying? Like, take care of yourself. Press the pause button. Because we don't know what's going to happen. Life is uncertain. It gets so crazy. And we're so busy that so many times our body stops us and says, no, it is time to chill out for a minute. So just to remind you of that message before I go into this week's, look at Hebrews 4. This is a great reminder for all of us. God rested after he finished his work. So many of us, so busy, we don't rest well and we don't really absorb the moment that we're in. We're looking at the next one or worried about the last one and we don't really take a hold of what's going on. I love this translation. It says, so let us try as hard as we can to enter God's place of rest. You got to try a little harder, Justin, try a little bit harder to make it a priority. Because as the scripture continues, it says we must try hard so that none of us will be lost by following the example of those who refused to obey God. I told you, I don't want to be that guy. I want to try to do what God's asking me to do. But our culture is demanding that we stay at this pace. And unless we try really, really hard, you'll get caught up in it and you may miss it. So a reminder, go check out last week's message and let's continue to work on getting better. That's the goal of listening to these messages. That's the goal of being here today. Is that when you walk out, you'll be challenged to go, all right, I got some work to do. And I will be absolutely honest in saying that last week's message is something that I fail at often. And I don't know if you fail like I do, but I mess up a lot. It's not just in the pause area. It is also in things that are going on. I just want to do the right thing, and then somehow I don't do it. it. Something happens where maybe it's Walmart, and it pulls out the worst in me. Or like we were talking about last week, when the parking lot's closed up, and you can't get out, and everybody gets frustrated, I can mess it up. And if you feel like me, you go, man, I seem like I mess up more than I get it right. I'm glad that you're here today. Because in this message... This is the one that you probably need more than any of the others that we've given in this series. I know I do. Because we're going to tie together, again, video games and a biblical insight that is paramount. It's huge in the world of Christianity. And you go, well, how are you going to do that? Well, let's go back to the Atari 2600. I'm going old school. Anybody remember the old school game right here? So what I started with. It's probably what you started with if you're a kid of the 70s. And in these games, they had switches or buttons, and each one had a you know, specific purpose. And then for kids, this is hard for you to believe, but we actually had black and white or color option. Man, that was next level, all right? But that's not the button I want to focus on. I'm actually going to focus on the very end of the console. It is the game reset button. Now, if you don't know anything about video games, this is one of the points that you go, I get this part. Have you ever been doing something, playing a game, or living life, and you go, man, I wish I could do that over that's exactly what this button was. It was the chance for you, as you started playing, and if you were losing the game, if you mess up, you know, you could go hit the reset button, especially if your friend was beaten, you could go, oops, and then you could start over and the game would begin again, and you could have a fresh start. You could also learn from your mistakes. So if you were playing and you saw that something didn't quite go right, you could hit reset and try it again. It was an ability to start over from the beginning. Well, obviously, there are a lot of illustrations that we'll walk through today, but the main thing I want you to get is this button gave you a fresh start. Now, why do I bring that up? Well, because for me, when it comes to pausing or when it comes to getting things right or doing the right thing, sometimes I mess up. 
I have a feeling I'm not the only one, and I need a reset. I need a fresh start, a do-over. Now, if you didn't play video games, you probably can understand or relate to being on the playground. Like when we were in the 70s, we played kickball. Any kickball lovers? Come on, no video games, just kickball. Man, you'd get out there, and you could roll that ball, and man, if you fouled it off or you missed the ball, you'd say, do over, do over. And everybody allowed you a do-over. It was a chance to try again. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. As children, many times they're gracious. People are like, hey, all right, let's reset or let's try again. But as we age, it's amazing how we don't really like do-overs and we don't really like people to have a fresh start, a new beginning, but we all need it. And the scripture is very clear. And I'm going to put up one of me and my wife's favorite scriptures, and I'll tell you the story why. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. When anyone is in Christ, it's a whole new world. The old things are gone, and suddenly everything is new. I'll take you back 25 years. Me and Angie were engaged. We were, I was doing a camp over at Ruston, Louisiana Tech. We were looking forward to our wedding day. And in the process of us preparing for this wonderful moment that I have been just so excited for, waiting for, Angie calls me, and this is about 11 o'clock at night at Tech, and says, hey, uh, I need to come over and meet with you. And I'm like, that's never a good thing, by the way. If you're engaged and your fiance calls you and says, I need to come over, I'm like, no, I'll, I'll talk to you when we get back. This camp's almost over. She's like, no, I've got to come right now. To give you a little bit more history, my wife had been married before. She had uh, a husband before me. They had divorced. She got married when she was young. And she had all of these things in her head. You go, what do you mean things in her head? Well, that she wasn't worthy. She shouldn't be marrying a minister. People were going to judge her. How would she fit into a church world? We were First Baptist Bossier at the time. And I'd been a minister there, served there for 16 years. So people knew me and they were always, oh, you need to marry her. Oh, you need to go. This was, oh, they got the perfect girl for you. Well, I found Angie because she was a translator. She actually spoke Spanish and she was the translator on one of the first trips to Mexico. That's how we met and man, we fell in love and this was our moment and we were excited about that. I'm ready to go. And all of a sudden now the enemy got in Angie's ear and began to talk to her and say, you're not worthy. I mean, you shouldn't be marrying him. Everybody's going to know about your past. Everybody's going to know you've been married before. You know that there's no way. Everyone's going to judge you. Everyone's going to look down on you. And so she showed up at Louisiana Tech, and I'm leading this camp with all these kids, and all of a sudden Angie's crying, and I'm like, this is, we're again about July, and we're getting married in October. And I'm like, what's the problem? She's just like, I just don't think I can do it. I'm just not sure that you're really going to be in a good place. I think everyone's going to judge you. They're going to judge us. And just went into this whole thing. You really need to break up with me. And I'm like, let me pray through that, honey. All right, let me know. She's like, no, 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 I'm serious. So we're talking, and I could see her turmoil. I could see what she was going through. She goes and leaves from tech. I go back, and a bunch of the guys, we all kind of get together, and I remember just going, man, this is what's going on, and kind of heavy, man. I'm like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I thought I'd found a girl in my dreams, and now she don't know. And this verse comes up in my quiet time. Now, quiet time, but you don't know what that is. That's just when you get along with God, and you're like, all right, God, I need you. Talk to me. Show me something. You can go to the scripture. And I didn't have it planned. I didn't know where it was coming from. And this verse comes up. When anyone is in Christ, it's a whole new world. The old things are gone. And suddenly, everything is new. And it was like God was telling me in that moment, like, hey, Justin, your fiance needs to be reminded of this. And you need to be reminded of this. Because when different people come to talk to you and go, I can't believe you married her. Oh, my gosh, why are you doing this? Wasn't she this and wasn't that that? 
old things are gone. Everything is new. And you go, what does this really mean? Well, I can tell you, when you're in a position where you don't feel worthy, when you're beating yourself up because of your past, well, because you keep messing up, and it's not something like, well, I don't rest well. It's like, man, maybe there's something bigger in your life, a bigger mistake. You need to be reminded that there's a chance for a reset. There's a chance to do over. See, this is the question for you today. Last week, hey, did you have a time to pause? Well, let me ask you another silly arcade question. Do you need a reset today? I mean, as we approach the end of the year, last message before we go into the new year, join us back January 8th. But as we're approaching the end of the year, when you look back at this past year, do you have a lot of regrets? Do you have some mistakes? Do you think, you go, man, I just wish I could do that over. Just, man, I don't know if I'd really do it that way again. Well, it reminds me of a, another story that happened. Tony Gentry, one of my good buddies, we all went to Southwood together, south side of town. His son Garrison down at Louisiana Lafayette, by the way, coming up to the bowl. Come on, give them a little love right now. Raging Cajun, go support the Indie, Indie Bowl, man. Get out there and go have some fun with them. But as they're coming up, Garrison, he had just gotten this virtual reality game. We were going over to watch the LSU game at Tony's house and Garrison's like, Mr. Justin, you got to look at this virtual reality. I'd never seen virtual reality before. I mean, man, I'm at Atari 2600, and now I'm a PlayStation guy. I obviously, wear a shirt. I like PlayStation, but I didn't know anything about virtual reality. Well, he puts this headset on my head, gives me these remotes, and then it's going to be a boxing game. When I look up, there's this guy looking in front of me trying to hit me. I'm like, Garrison, there's And he goes, you got to hit him, Mr. Justin. you got to hit him. Well, then next thing you know, you're in his living room, all right? Everybody around is just laughing hysterically because I am just swinging. This guy's just beat me, man. I'm like trying to swing. And finally, I get so mad. I hit him and I knock this virtual reality guy down. And while he's down, which is illegal and wrong and no pastor should do this, but I kicked him. <laughs> the only problem was I kicked the coffee table, y'all. I thought I broke my leg. I'm serious. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I did not cuss loud. In my head, you don't want to know. But in here, I was like, oh, my gosh. And I kept thinking, I wish I could do that over. <laughs> I wish I could have another chance. So, so just to have a little fun and make me feel better that I'm not the only one. And to give you a warning, in case you get a virtual reality game this Christmas, this is for you. Be careful. Watch. <laughs> I had never experienced anything like that. And I'm like going, I, me and Papa, I'm like, what is it? Because it's really crazy. It's real. And in that process, you see that you're not the only one that can make some mistakes. And I'm like, I get it. In the social media world, you can delete the video, not share it, you know, so you don't go viral. And you can remove it 
that's good. But let me just go ahead and give you better news. If it's not in the virtual reality world, it's not in, you know, this idea of playing video games you need to do over or a fresh start. Shall I take you back to scripture? Psalm 103. Man, if you need some hope today, you don't know why Christmas is a big deal. You don't know why a reset is a big deal. Because he, Jesus, has removed our sins as far away from us as the east is from the west. Now you think about my life, your life, our lives. You mess up a little. You kind of look back with some regret. You go, man, I wish I could do that over again. I wish I could have another chance at this. And then we kind of hang on to it like Angie was saying. It's like, man, you let your past and your mistakes just kind of hang on you and beat you up. And he's like, no, man, I have removed those sins. Now, if you need another reminder, how about Isaiah 43? I am the one who erases all your sins. I will not remember your sins. You remember when I was a kid, I remember one of the biggest fears is that when I got to heaven, everybody, I don't know who started this or where it came from. But there's this preacher, somebody came out there like, man, when you get to heaven, there's a big video screen. And when you get up there, they're just going to play everything you've ever done. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) And everybody's going to watch as this video screen goes and look at your life, look at your life. I'm like, good. No wonder people were scared to death back in the 70s and 80s. But somehow in the midst of all that, We didn't really have our theology right because over and over again, you see that he's like, man, when you have given your life to Christ, he's like, man, I don't remember anything bad that you've done. Now think about that. Dude, we carry it around. The enemy just loves to get in our head. And he's like, no, but then he says, no, I've erased it. Now I don't know if you know what erased means, but erased means like it gone. It is gone. I will not remember. Now you go, well, Justin, that's Old Testament. I'm like, glad you brought that up, scholar. Let's look at Hebrews 8, New Testament. I will be merciful when they fail. Now, isn't this good news today? Like, you're talking about why is Christmas a big deal? Why is this reset such an important factor? Because we have a God who says, man, I will be merciful to you. When you fail, I will erase their sins and their wicked acts out of my memory as though they had never existed. This is why Christmas is a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a reset. Because Jesus hit the reset button. And he reset the entire system of religion that was existing at the time. Now you go, wait a second. Time out, Justin. Time out. What are you talking about? Glad you asked. You've got to go back thousands of years into the religious system that Jesus came into as a baby in the manger. We're going to get there in a minute, but let's get our minds wrapped around this. The system that is in place is a very religious system. It's very judgmental. It's pretty rough, as a matter of fact. I'll give you one example. If you're committed adultery, they drug you into the street and stoned you, took big rocks and killed you. Now, mind you, it was typically the women they did that to because the men would just slip on off and that's kind of messed up all of its own, but that's the truth. Go look at Jesus, woman caught in adultery. Some great stories in the New Testament that just tell you how messed up this system was. Now, originally the system was God's idea. We get it. 
But man, once again, started perverting the system, extending the system, started kind of messing with everything. And God's like going, now wait a second. Now part of the system is the Ten Commandments, which we all know and agree with and are great. But here's the deal. It went beyond the Ten Commandments into about nearly 700 commandments, the old system. In that old system, it was always these rules and these regulations and this pointing the finger. That was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And this old system was complicated and messy. When you start talking about the system, you got to understand, too, that the system involved a distant God. That God was in the tent. He was in the tabernacle. He was out there. And you couldn't get to him. Only the priest could get to him. Only the holy of holies. Only the best of the best could actually get in there. Your job was to come in and just humbly, hopefully, ask for forgiveness. And if the priest let you in, if you went through all the rituals, then maybe, just maybe, you would earn that right to have forgiveness. Pull some pictures for you because this is what the system looked like when it came to the tabernacle and the tent. It was this idea that God was in the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant and nobody could get in there. There's only one guy, the priest, and if he got in there, they even tied a rope around his ankle because it was so perfect that if he went in there and he died, they had to drag him out. Nobody could go in there to get him. We're talking about a religious system that had all these rules and all these people, this big barricade around because people weren't allowed in Everyone had to just kind of figure out the system. And they're like, how do you make it? I'll even make it more complicated and put up another diagram because this is even more in-depth look into the tabernacle and the tent and the system. And some people are fascinated by studying it and they try to make all these current illustrations. One, this is that. And, and I get all that. But let me tell you something. I'm thankful for the reset. Because Jesus, who was God himself, came to the earth and said, here is the reset. All of this complication and all of these rules and all of this distant God, I'm done with all that. And in Matthew chapter 1, you will see it said, a virgin will be pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, that doesn't seem like a big deal to you because you've heard it and you've grown up and you see t-shirts and you have wall plaques. Oh, Emmanuel, God is with us. No, you're going to understand something. God had not been with them. God was distant. They were trying to earn their way back. They were trying to, just, you know, can I do anything to get back connected to God? And only certain people could and certain people couldn't. And there was a veil and there was all kind of complicated things to keep you away from God. But here he is now, a baby in a manger, coming in and saying, no, God is with us. John 1 says it a little bit different, and this is a message translation, which is a great translation. It says the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. This is an idea that as you start processing it, you're talking about a reset? You're talking about separation, can't get there, tabernacles, tents. You're not good enough. No one will ever be good enough. And man, you better hope you can get the sacrificial system right and talk to the right priest and work your way in. And you might be all right, but boy, I don't know. And then Jesus, the son of God comes in and says, no, 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 no. Let's simplify this. Emmanuel, God is with you. I'm moving into the neighborhood. I'm walking with you. You're not following a pillar. You're not following some fire. You're not trying to get to some tent. No, this is the tabernacle. This is the tent. This is God with you. And even more, let me give you a second point. The priest system that was in 
currently working in the old system. It's kind of like the old game system, right? The only way you could connect to God is by going to the priest. Now, remember, I grew up Catholic. Some of this stuff we still kind of hang on to, which is messed up because it was like this idea. It was like the word became flesh and moved in the neighborhood. God is with us. And then they had this priest system. It wasn't about God moving in. It was like, no, you still got to go talk to this guy. And then you had to get animal sacrifices. And you had to bring in these animal sacrifices and the priest had to accept it. And you walked in and then the church got really messed up because then they started charging people and overcharging people for these animal sacrifices. You imagine coming into church today, you thought it was difficult parking in the parking garage or parking. Imagine bringing in your goat. You know. Imagine that. And then when you get here, there would be somebody at the door said, hold on, that goat ain't good enough. But good, lucky for you, I happen to have a better goat over here. It's going to cost you a little bit more. Now go ahead and pay up and I'll take this goat and then I'm going to give you the new goat. And they'd move the old goat around. Then they'd wait for the next person to go up and they'd just keep exchanging goats. That's the truth. Because the priests were corrupt. The system was corrupt. And it was this idea of making you earn it and you had to do this and you had to do that and you'll never be good enough. And you go look in the New Testament, that's why Jesus was so mad at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They tried to make it so unattainable, so distant that you have to respect us. And Jesus came in and did just the opposite. You're talking about a reset. He came in and said, no, there's only one mediator and that would be me. First Timothy tells us that. You ready for this? There's one mediator between God and humans, and that's Jesus Christ. You don't have to go to anybody else. It's direct access to Jesus, to the Father. Now you go, man, hold on a second. What are you talking about? Well, just hang on. We're just getting started. Hebrews 10, 9. So God ends that first system. You're talking about good. This is like the old game system? No, no. We got a new game system. We got a reset. The old system of sacrifices and starts his new way. See, we're made holy. See, because they thought only the holy of holy, only you can get theirs. Man, you got to sacrifice a lot. You got to do what you got to do, the priest. You got to stay in the system. He's like, no, no, no. The only way to be holy is to receive the ultimate sacrifice of Christ. And Christ made that sacrifice. You ready for this? One time, enough for all time. That meant that here we are in 2022, moving into 2023, and you're going, man, I just don't know if I can earn my way, and I feel so unworthy, and I just keep messing up. No, you've met, you've had one sacrifice made for you to cover every mistake you've ever made in the past, everything you're going to even mess up today in, and everything you're even going to mess up in the future in, in the person of Christ. You want to know why we take communion and why we will do it this Christmas Eve is because in that moment, it is a reminder of the one sacrifice that covers all of our sins for all time. Above any religion or any denomination, it is the person, it's the relationship with Jesus. See, because religion gets messed up and man gets in there and we start trying to, well, yeah, but they don't deserve it. And do they really fit in? I don't know if they should. They don't look right. Did they go to this class? Did they take that? Or did they get this? Or did they get that? And he's like, no, 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 no. It's as simple as believing, receiving, accepting, following the one sacrifice for all time. The one reset. Man, you're not under an old system. Don't fall into some 
system where you've got to earn it. You've got to try to jump through all the hoops. You've got to try to be this or be that. He's like, no, just believe and trust that Jesus is the way, the only way. Man, that's a reset. And just in case you missed it, you need one more Christmas why it matters moment. Hebrews 7 tells us, he is not like the other priest. This is so good. They had to offer sacrifices every day, first for their own sins and then for the sins of people. That's why the old system was messed up. It's like, hey, you got to, you know, I'm messed up, so I'm going to offer these sacrifices. Then I know you're coming to me. Well, here's some for you, but then here's it is. But Jesus doesn't need to do that. You need some hope today? Jesus doesn't need to do that. He offered only one sacrifice for all time. What did he offer? He offered himself. Jesus hit the reset button to change everything. That's why Christmas is so special. Because it's not just the baby in the manger. It's the fact that this baby grew in to be a man that went to that cross, that shed his blood. And he didn't just die on the cross. As powerful as that is, as awesome as it, he overcame the grave. The power of the resurrection. Why? Because let me ask you, what area of your life do you need a reset in? What area of your life you're just like, man, I don't know if I can ever have a fresh start in this area. I don't know if I can. Well, we have the power of the resurrection on our side. We have the God of the universe who stepped out of heaven and stepped into this planet to understand everything that we're going through, how challenging it would be. He came in in the messiest of messy ways. Think about, if you're the king of kings, would you choose that route? In our culture, our society, no, like, well, oh, man, I deserve better than that. If you get any position in any government or anything, we're all like, well, hey, listen, I deserve to be this and give me the nicest this and that. And Jesus came in and said, no, I am the king of all kings and I'm going to come in in the lowest possible way, in the poorest possible circumstances and situations to remind everyone for all of eternity that I can relate to where you are. That I have come in not to say, man, I have got all this power and now you must worship me. No, he comes in and says, dude, I will die and I will sacrifice and I will serve to move you hopefully from the have to. Because, man, church is so have to growing up. Well, I got to go. I got to get my money. Well, I got to serve. I got to help these. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you ever meet Jesus, if you ever really truly understand who he is, you will move out of religion and have to into relationship. And man, because of what you've done for me, I get to. I get to play on this stage. I get to speak today. I get to go out and help the homeless. I get to help Common Ground and Gingerbread House. I get to do all of these things. I get to hand out bikes to kids in public schools. I get to serve you. I get to follow you. I don't have to do anything. And man, if you're tired of have to, and if you're tired of the old system, and you're tired of being reminded of your past, and you're never going to be good enough, and you'll never add up anything, let me tell you, it's time to hit the reset button. Now, I want to speak to one of the little group of people in here because there's a small group in here and go, man, he ain't speaking to me because I'm good enough. <laughs> Liar. Because you know how it is. Some of us in here are like, man, I'm good. I mean, I'm glad I don't struggle with that, man. My mind's good. I'm, I know I'm good enough. I'm like, 
Men are really the worst at this, by the way. Women, don't look at them right now. Just keep looking forward. But men are like, I don't need anything. I'm good. It reminded me because Chip and I, back in the day when we were first starting Simple Church, we did Super Bowl parties and everything. We'd play commercials. We'll do it again this year. Every time we get to Super Bowl, we have a little fun and put some of our favorite commercials up. And there was one Super Bowl commercial that just reminded me of the way most men are in church. Are you ready for this? Go with me. Have a little fun with a Pepsi commercial you'll never forget. I'm good. Watch. Basically, it's about symmetry. Uh, oh. I'm good. Be honest here, I mean. Ah, fuck it. I'm good. My bad. I'm good. I'm the man! I'm good. Ready? No! Men can take anything. I'm good. Except the taste of Diet Cola. Until now, Pepsi Max, the first Diet Cola for men. He's about to say it with them sparks coming in the mouth. I'm good. So here's what I'm telling you. If you're not good, somebody's laughing hard because their husband, that's their husband. I know, I'm praying for you, honey. If you're not good, admit it. Don't ignore the obvious. I'll prove it to you. Go back to the scripture, Proverbs 28. A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. I mean, that's pretty clear. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance, a reset, a do-over, a fresh start. So here's my challenge to you. Is today your chance? The last Sunday before we go into the new year. Of course, we'll have Christmas Eve. Don't forget, come and join us. But maybe, just maybe, you've tuned in today. You're watching at home. You're in the room and you're going, man, I think he's talking to me. Don't ignore the obvious. Today is a chance to hit the reset button. To not live under the old religious system of however you grew up. Baptist, we had to check all the boxes. And we came in. Everybody, we played. How you doing? Praise the Lord. I'm good. And you knew you wasn't good. Catholic church I grew up in, it was like, when oh, Father, oh, yes, Father. Yeah, we'd go through all our motions. And we'd do all, okay, I'm good now. I'm good. I'm like, no, you weren't. Because in that whole process, we were following religion and we were missing the relationship. Now, many of you didn't grow up playing video games and this whole series has been a kind of a challenge for you. You're like, man, I don't really get it, but I think you'll get this illustration. I'll pull out a device that everybody's familiar with and you know this. And when you start thinking about do-overs and resets, this is the one that really gets your attention. If you've ever had a problem with your phone, or your computer at work and you keep ignoring it and ignoring it and ignoring it and your computer your phone begins to slow down and then eventually it gets to a point that it just locks up and when it locks up man you're like uh, you're so frustrated you're so mad you you go into AT&T this thing is not doing anything you call your tech department at the you know School you work at or your job. You need to get out here. This thing ain't doing anything. And then they come in there and they go, hey, man, there's only one thing you can do. I'm like, what's that? Reboot it. Turn it off. Reset the whole system. In the hopes that sometimes even back to the original system, you're going, uh-uh, I don't want to go back to the original system. No, this is what I'm trying to say. Hang in there. The only way is to go back to the way God designed you and created you. 
And when he literally brought you into this world, he had a plan and a purpose for your life. You're breathing air. You're on this planet for a reason. And at the same time that he brought you in here, there is this sickness. There is this problem. There's this virus that gets in us called sin. And it begins to eat us up and slow us down and just beat us up. And then the only thing that can happen that makes any sense at all is to finally get to the place where, man, I can't function and I need to be reboot or, as John says, reborn. I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot be in God's kingdom. See, this baby in a manger knew the system. He grew up to be a man that would die on a cross and shed his blood for our sin yesterday, today, and forever. To break any religious system that you couldn't live up to, couldn't compete with, could never fulfill. Why? In the hopes that you would be reborn. You would be born again. So that you could get back to the way he originally designed us. To be connected to him, in relationship with him. To have your purpose fulfilled. Now pull this image and I want to put it on the screen for you because... So many times over Christmas, we think of the baby in the manger, and it's a beautiful picture. We'll do it on Christmas Eve. We'll sing, and we'll have the different images. But here's the thing. Why I love this image is you cannot ignore that that baby came for one purpose, and that was for that cross. This man had the power to overcome even death, the grave. Why? So that you and I could have a reset. So this moment would come for us, maybe even on a day like today, that you would move to the place of being reborn. You're talking about a reset? It really is equal to being born again. If you need another reminder, Romans 6, 4, are you ready? Your old sin-loving nature was buried with him by baptism when he died. And when God the Father, with his glorious power, are you ready for this? Next screen. Brought him back to life again. You were given his wonderful new life to enjoy. Whose? His. Because of his power, because of his blood, because of the relationship he wants with you. When you surrender, when you are reborn, when you admit, I am broken, I am sinful, I am in trouble, and I need you, Jesus. Man, religion wasn't working for me. I grew up in church. Man, I'm still empty. I need a relationship. He says, this is what it's all about. And here's what's really kind of crazy. We have these illustrations and, and imagery in our current society that help us understand what this looks like. And we'll do one today right after this service. When you see this scripture when it talked about being baptized, why do people get baptized? Why do you go through that? Well, it's because it's an illustration. It's a symbol of your old life being buried with Christ. And because he did not stay in the grave, you come up out of that water as a symbol to say you also come out of that water to begin this new life, this new journey, his wonderful new life. And this is the thing. If you're looking for hope today, if you're looking for a fresh start, if you're looking for a reset, a new beginning, this is your moment. You didn't tune in by accident. You're not in this room by accident. This is the moment that Christmas kind of really all comes together because it's not just the baby in the manger. It's the fact that this baby came to this world to break the system, to change the system, to reset the system for you. And it starts today. It could be your beginning today.
I found a video that kind of says some of these things and illustrates that. I want you to watch it, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray for you. But as you watch this, really ask yourself, God, is this for me? Is he talking to me? Is this you talking to me, God? Because I don't want to miss a chance to hit the reset button. Watch. Every year at this time, we jump into the middle of a story that's been told for hundreds of years. It's a story of cities decorating their streets and their sidewalks. It's a story of trees and ornaments and fireplaces, of gifts and wrapping paper and ribbons. There's expectation and wonder and hope, a deep hope that drives us back to the beginning of the story. Because it all starts here. It starts in a manger with a baby and an angel and a scared teenaged girl in love with a misunderstood young man who thinks she's worth it. It's about a child who will bring light into darkness, joy into despair, revealing a God who will redeem it all. A God who is leaving the glory of heaven to pursue the glory of a cross. A God who is becoming flesh and blood and skin. A God who is loving and offering all people a pathway back into the relationship for which they were created. It's too rich to comprehend and too beautiful to dismiss. This is Christmas. This is the story of stories. And it all starts here. What I love about that is it's a reminder of why I put these scriptures on the screen is because without the book that we call the Bible, the Old and the New Testament, you don't really know the story. You don't know why it's important. Here's one last scripture for you, and then I want to pray for you. In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, when the time came, I listened to you. This is literally like Jesus speaking to us. Hey, when it, when it came, I listened. And when you needed help, I came to save you. And that time has come now. This is the day for you to be saved. See, because God heard us, and he knew the time was right, and he knew that we needed help, and he came to save, to reset. And that's why I'm telling you, you're in this room, you're watching online right now for this very reason, because he loves you that much. Don't let the enemy speak in your ear and say, you're not worthy of it, you don't deserve it. No, he did it for you and for me. And this is how you receive it. Would you pray with me? It's a simple prayer like this, Jesus, you know I've been there. And there's people watching online, there's people in this room saying right now, man, Jesus, I need a fresh start. I need a beginning that I'm leaning into you for. I need to hit the reset button. I am a sinner. I have messed up. I have tried to go religious way. I've tried to do things my own way and it ain't working. And I need you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this earth in the form of a child, but growing into a man to shed your blood to be the ultimate sacrifice once and for all for all mankind. And that includes me. 
And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life and change me. I'm going to do my very best to follow you, Jesus. I'm not perfect. I'm going to mess up, but I want to follow you. I don't want to be a part of a religious system. I want a relationship with the king, with my Savior. And Lord, when we pray something like that, you tell us that you come to us and you come into our lives. You're not a distant God. It is Emmanuel, God with us. You move into the neighborhood of our life, our heart. God, I pray you'd encourage somebody, remind somebody of that today. This Christmas, let it be the ultimate reset. In Jesus' name, amen. Can't get an amen somewhere? Come on.